Welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. I'm Erica. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that tells you the stories behind your favorite beer. Each week we take a look behind the scenes at the craft beer industry. Hi, I'm Chris from Idle Hands Craft Ales and you are listening to an episode of Brew Roots. What up, Ryan? You know what this week is? I don't know. Remind me. It's been the busiest week of Brew Roots history. It really has, though, yeah. No, we've been uh, a couple places this weekend. We have. Um, and Ryan, I asked you before this episode if this was our first episode that we had to do s- together. It's not. It isn't. Because Erica was in Machu Picchu and we did an That's episode. That's right. So this isn't our first episode together alone. And if you haven't noticed already, Erica is, she has to teach a class for her job. And this is the perfect opportunity to plug that because, Ryan, what is she doing? She's teaching a class. She's teaching a class. So what is it, on wine or... I'm not sure what it's on, but... I feel I have a feeling she told us what it was, and we're really bad, and we didn't listen to her. We always listen, but we may have forgotten. All right, that could also be true. But if you want to be part of a class that Erica teaches, make sure to go over to Beer and Wine Hobby... And use your promo code BREWROOTS. For 10% off anything that you would need at Beer and Wine Hobby, including classes... And that's why Erica's not here tonight. Because the classes are filling up. They're so popular. Yeah, I know she said that it was going to be um, a pretty full class compared to what it usually is. But if I remember correctly, she told us that it was just women taking this class tonight. Which is very, very cool. Yeah. Um, we actually met a couple Pink Boots members um, over this week, yeah. which was really cool. Castle Island. Mm-hmm. Castle Island. I believe we met one at Night Shift. We did. Um, but yeah, so... And, and wait, our what? favorite Pink Boots member... Erica. Erica won a scholarship, so congratulations, yes, she Erica. Did. She is going to be going to yeah. New Orleans, and it's what, for yeast studies? I believe it's yeast, yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, so Erica's super awesome as... You, as thousands of our listeners already know but um she's going to be expanding her knowledge even further to make our podcast better and her job at beer and wine hobby even better because she is so knowledgeable um and believe it or not like ryan and i don't know the beer stuff like we admittingly had to ask erica at one point so a barrel of beer is 31 gallons right like that's what it means right so erica knows her shit yeah which is awesome yeah, no, and, um, you know, everyone who we met over the week um, that also knew Erica knew that she also knew her shit, which was awesome. Yeah, um, we're very lucky. Yeah, that's why we leave those questions to her. Yes. But anyway, can we can we say where we were this week? We were at so <laughs> many cool places. So we started out on Monday at Castle Island. Yeah, which is a hall. Um, that was a long drive. It was a long drive, and when we were driving, it felt like the Midwest. Yeah. Um, what was that? Uh, motor motor the, motor highway or whatever motor road. What do the they call road. it? Yeah, they what, call it something. They call it something there. Um, and then, well, anyway, we, so yeah, we had a pretty good time there. Um, we met a lot of cool people. We pretty much met like the whole crew. Yes. Um, I double checked. I went on their website today, and I was looking and. Uh, like the about us page and i'm like wow i know all of those people now that's yes. pretty cool um and great beer i'm actually drinking one of theirs right now which is the last of the last of this batch um I yeah was you able- got literally the last pour so we met with andy and janine yeah from so shout out to andy and janine you guys are gonna get to hear that episode really soon and we're so excited for that one yeah 
you have the English mild? I have the English mild. So I had um, a pour there, uh, and then I asked for um, a growler to go home, and they weren't able to fill the whole growler. Um, so I got the last of the last. They did not have a keg left of it, yes, unfortunately. But I had a few glasses um, earlier today. It's really easy drinking. It's an English mild, um, baby. And now I'm drinking my last glass. Um, it reminded me, and I told Andy this when uh, we were there, it reminded me of one of the beers uh, that Notch made a couple years ago. Um, I forget the name, but it was a... It was a English uh, mild? It was like an English mild, like a, a little bit of a bitterness to it, too. So it, it's very, very similar in taste, and I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Um, because they have... Notch hasn't made that sense. Um, and I don't know if Kathleen's going to ever make this beer again. Either. Yeah, they were saying that they probably won't. Which um, is so sad. It is very sad because it is a great beer. Um, like everything they do there. Um, I also had their new white ale. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be a new year-round ale. Very excited for um, that. I didn't get to have that. I had... I don't even remember at this point. Um, yeah, no, I, I had the English Mild. They were like, you should have this. This is amazing. You had the English Mild, and then I think you started off with um, their double IPA. I had the double IPA, which is yeah, which is becoming more and more of a thing for me. Like I'm, you have you've been really experimental. You've been like, give me the double IPA. You know why? It's because if I'm gonna talk shit about something, I want to at least have. I, and it's not even I don't talk shit about double IPAs, but if no, I want to like. Yeah. If I want to be like, I'm not a crazy hophead. I want to. I want to see why I'm not a crazy hophead. And Makes I tried. Sense. And like, if someone's like, you, you might like this IPA. I, I try it. So. Yeah. No. I, I really liked the one that you had. I did too. Yeah. Um. I also really liked the other double IPA that you had over at Idle Hands, which where we that's where we were on Tuesday. Yes. Um. What was the name of that beer again? Well, I had four seam. Yeah, Forcium. Which one was it? So that wasn't a double. That's their double IPA. That is that's their, their double, New England double yeah. IPA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, then that's the one that they're definitely known for. And that's actually our guest this week. Um, and conveniently enough, that's the beer I'm actually going to crack right now. And I have an early release of a beer. And it's sometimes awesome doing this podcast because we get early releases of super, super fresh beer. So what was this? This was canned. Uh, you're, you'll be hearing this on Friday, and this was canned on Tuesday. This, yeah, this was. And we're canned recording on, on a Wednesday right now, so yep. this is super, super fresh. Yeah, super fresh. It's actually brewed at Dorchester Brewing Company, yes. and they make that quite well known. Yeah, um, on the can, on the side of the can, it says, um, "You know, brewed at Dorchester Brewing Company for Idle Hands Brewing Company yep. in Malden." Yep. And so, it's and that doesn't mean that I mean Dorchester yeah. is brewing it, but the. Idle Hands has their hand. They are on the brew deck oh, yeah. brewing it. Yep. Um, and you'll hear, yep. you'll hear people as I spill the beer on Ryan's beautiful hardwood floor. Um, you'll hear they're explaining it. But it's the beer is described on the can as whether you're hitting the beach, slopes, or just relaxing in the backyard with friends, reach for a slate and enjoy locally brewed, flavorful, and tr- easy drinking beer. And Go it, ahead. Clear your slate. And I will say it is delivered. a very... Yeah, they 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 uh, they hit the ball out of the park with this one. Um, so I, I had it last night, and you had it on in bottle. I mean, not in bottle on, on draft. draft. And I, I had, had it on, on draft. draft. Yep, and I also had one in a can um, today. today. You did, yeah. And I will say, very consistent. Yes, yeah, it's um, awesome. 
yeah, I, w- I was expecting it to taste um, pretty different being a beer like that, being so easy drinking that it wouldn't taste the same in a can, but it really does taste the same. So yeah. props to them for doing that and achieving that. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. I think this will be the perfect beer. Honestly, this might be my um, my summer go-to beer. Is this going to be your Memorial Day beer, Matt? Because that's <laughs> oh, yeah, coming this up. This is going to be my if Assuming that um, they had not already sold out of this beer, because uh, they are doing a beer release. Um, they did it yesterday, so there's limited quantities, I'm sure, at this point. Yeah, when's their event? It's Thursday, so by the time this episode airs, it has already passed. Mm-hmm. But... That doesn't mean you can't go down to the, to Idle Hands and try to get your hands. Yeah, they also said it's also it's been distributed. It has it, so it is in liquor stores now. But we got this can earlier before they were supposed to go on the shelf. So yeah, so that's really cool. Um, I love it. Uh, it's been a week of awesome beer. Yeah, um, no, seriously, I, there's not really been a bad beer. And you know what? Uh, I think we should mention this. This has a lot of merit. We've shared it on social media and. Um, and if you have differing opinions, that's fine. But uh, just keep them to yourself. Uh, this is something that I think is the right thing. Uh, Night Shift is um, donating a dollar for every uh, pour of Whirlpool at their tap room. I believe both locations to Planned Parenthood. Because uh, I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have probably heard the news what's going on in Alabama and other states across the country that... And we won't get into that because we're not a political podcast. But if you find yourself at night shift this weekend or any time before may 30th buy yourself a pint of whirlpool yeah we bought three pints last night yep. um and that's not saying we're, we're trying to save the world but whirlpool's a good beer no it's a great beer it's actually uh i think the beer that got me really enjoying night shift yeah. um because it is really widely available it's one of, if between that santilli and 87 yep. you know like those are the three beers that are always available yeah and as someone who um, I'm definitely not, I'm a Night Shift fan, but I'm definitely a Night Shift critic too. Yeah, no, you seriously are. Um, um I was surprised last night when you got the fluffiest, which is yeah. their double IPA. Triple IPA, dude. Well, no, no, that's, that's, no, you got, did you get fluffiest? Or I you, got no, fluffiest. I, I thought you got fluffier. Never mind. I got fluffiest. You got the triple? triple? Yeah. You're a savage. I know. Um, a big, you know, and I think, um, they're not no, just you doing didn't. this. I'm sorry to cut you off again. You definitely got fluffier. No, I don't. Because. Yeah, you did, because um, one of the uh, people that worked there came over that we knew. Um, Kombucha King. Kombucha yeah, King. Yeah. yeah, he came over and he said that the, the double IPA was more of a fruit juice. Dude, I can tell you that I ordered it because I saw my credit card statement. I'm the one who bought you that one. Ryan, I'm telling you, this is what <laughs> I bought. I, I can tell you. Whatever. Regardless of what I bought, um, yes, I've been drinking IPAs, but... Um, Go out, and if any of your local breweries out there across the land are doing this, uh, it's a good thing to do, especially if, um, yeah, I just think uh, I'm going to try to support it as much as I can. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, Um, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, for Memorial Day, Ryan, what do you typically do to celebrate Memorial Day? I need, Both of Ryan and I were in marching band for a number of years, so we. Yeah. it's very rare that we have gotten a Memorial Day off. Yeah, so, you know, ever since I... Um, wasn't in marching band. I always try to just kick back, and relax. Um, relax, you know, spend time with some family. If it, I really like trying to go to a Memorial Day party or yeah, parade. Do um, you ever go to parades? Uh, I don't ever since I stopped marching. Yeah, you know, um, it. I 
I loved marching band, but Memorial Day was always hard because it was already it was always really hot. Yes. Um, so it just brings back a lot of bad memories. Yeah. But I think I think Memorial Day is a great um, it's a great time to just kind of reset, pause, and and um, really just you know uh, kind of you know be thankful for you know people who ultimately sacrifice their lives. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And yep. I think people sometimes misconstrued Memorial Day as like a long. It is. It's a long weekend. It's wonderful, and it's so great to reset. I can't. I can't um, tell you how excited I am to actually get that that reset in my life, and I think everyone on the Brewers team probably excited for mm-hmm. that too. Um, but I think it's it's a good moment to also just have that pause where you're having you know a little bit of you time or time with family to uh, just kind of realize what we have. Um, yeah, we're we are lucky, even though you know uh, certain climates at this point are a little bit contentious and and life's a little weird. Uh, I'll I'll be the first one to admit that, but. Um, you know, thank the people who made the ultimate sacrifice for, uh, you know, our freedom, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Also keep an eye out because this is a, um, one of the holidays where breweries, um, distributors, liquor stores, restaurants will do some sort of donation for a particular beer, yep. just like what night shift is doing. Um, they'll also do something in, uh, donate money to the um veterans association or what what you have yeah um, and go to so. your local brewery and and tip well because you know what those people are are not working they're working and they're not with their families yeah. enjoying the day off that you maybe yep. you get to enjoy it uh yeah you know if i was going to be in the area i would totally be supporting some of the local ones but, oh 100 percent. but uh unfortunately i won't i will be somewhere else yes I can't disclose <laughs> we, we, we cannot say yes anything where we will be uh it'll be fun it'll it'll be be it'll be a really fun memorial day yeah um so i think we've kind of covered everything except for our friends over shirts on tap and i think you know what on memorial day i will be wearing a shirts on tap short sleeve because it's going to be nice out is yeah i looked at the weather it looked it looks really good and if you're fortunate enough to have really nice weather for for memorial day it might be too late to get a shirt from shirts on tap but it doesn't mean you can't plan ahead for more nice weather. Yep, it's coming. It's here. You and know. if you're running low on shirts and you need a cheap shirt, you can use our promo code BREWROOTS for $5 to get your first brewery shirt. And you can get any type of shirt that you want within reason. Yeah, within reason. But for the most part, it's 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 uh They got tanks. Wild. They got yeah. baseball tees. They got those loose-fitting t-shirts that i like they got the form-fitting t-shirts that ryan looks so sexy in Hell yeah. and uh you know i just uh i really like shirts on tap even though that they sponsor our podcast i really like their product and i actually wear it yeah no i believe them yep yeah you believe me or them? no them i believe yeah. in them I, I think what they what they do and what they have accomplished mm. is extraordinary yeah and uh this last one is actually just a special request uh our friend scott the beer narrator he does trivia every monday night at 9 30 eastern standard time uh, and he's doing some really cool stuff he's always giving stuff away and um i am so bad at his trivia that i'm so bad it's it's actually fun for me because i'm typically pretty good at pop culture trivia mm-hmm. but scott's beer trivia erica was like oh i know that i know that Eric is the best person. Except to watch for Scott's the trivia. one that we had no idea. We had no idea. It was some saying from a movie. What, Correct. What was the name of it? I don't remember. I have no clue. But I thought it was a uh, Animal House, but I was way off. Yeah. It was like Blue Velvet or something. I have no clue. Yeah, it was something to do with Yingling or no, no Paps. You know, it was I can tell you exactly what it was. I thought it was which. It was which. 
You know, it wasn't a question; gonna... it was a quote. It was. Yeah. It ended up being a quote. Anyway, but anyway, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, we enjoyed it. We did it in yeah. the car on the way home from Castle, Castle Island this yeah. week. So yep. um, go follow Appier Narrator on Instagram. He does it every Monday at nine thirty Eastern t- Standard Time. So if you guys are on the left coast, aka the west coast. You know, it's six thirty, and then anywhere in between, you know, you know your time difference. So uh, check it out. Um, Scott's always been a huge like supporter of our podcast. So and honestly, awesome. he is a super nice guy. Yeah, um, it was it was cool meeting him. Uh, yeah, there's not really shitty people in our in our industry, which is cool. Yeah, no, it's a great community to um, be involved in. Yep, um, and it's great to have support, but it's also great to give support. Exactly. So, um, and that's what this episode this week's all about is we're giving some support to Idle Hands. This is our quickest turnaround for an interview. We have so many interviews in the can, but um, yeah. big shout out to uh, Kevin York who helps set this episode out. Um, if you're a brewery that's looking actually for a um, like communications help, uh, look out for Kevin York. We're gonna have their link in the description. They didn't even ask me to do this, but I, I just appreciate them. They've hooked us up with uh, I think at this point three interviews. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Just out of there, like, hey man, we love what you're doing. Uh, and I love what they're doing. So if we can return the favor just by getting them, um, if you're a brewer and you're looking to get some marketing because you know you're doing 15 billion other things and mm-hmm. marketing might not be your forte like we struggle with here, yep. um, check out Kevin York and his group um, Scott Boston Beer Hunter. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, they're they're both they're great awesome. at it. Um, they're gods when it comes to marketing. Yeah, um, and they're just generally like the best people to be around. Yeah, it's it was never like, oh, I do this. We want you to be. It was like, hey, I know you from Instagram. I like what you're doing. And then we were like, you're a cool dude. Let's just like, you know, I, I yeah, just like, no, seriously though. I mean, he's just they're both just nice people. Yeah, and 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 that brings us back to like the community. Like, there's it's full of great, um, nice, kind people. Yes. Um, I have never met anyone from all of the interviews slash all of the events we've gone to that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and it's and funny. Every time we see them, um, it's always like open arms. And it's and we're never there to, like, truthfully, we're not there to get any, like, free shit from people. Like, no. it's awesome. when we, we so appreciate it when we get free beer and oh, hell yeah. free swag. But, I mean, like... We don't do it for that. No. We do it because we like to share the stories. Exactly. It's all about the stories. Um, even though that everyone has a very similar story, they're all different. Right. Um, and which you will learn um, a hands. lot with Idle Hands yeah. in this interview. They they were on a wild ride. Yeah. Um, they've been through a lot. Uh, but what they've accomplished. And this was the first time last night that I actually got to have their beer. Oh, really? Yep. That was the first time. Which I'm shocked about because it's so readily available. I know. And I, yeah, I don't know hard. if this it's is just... like a marketing thing, but like I never really noticed their cans. Yep. Um, but now you can't forget them. But now I can't forget them. I'm wearing their shirt right now. I went there. Um, I had a flight. I got the Dunkel. I got the Zwinkel. Yeah, we're slowly changing Ryan from yeah. being this hophead to like drinking European styles of beer. It's I've, so weird. No, it's not weird. I've always liked it. I just really like IPAs too. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, I had the Dunkel, the Zwinkel, and then I had their New England IPA, and then I had their double New England IPA. Mm-hmm. And I will say that all four were outstanding. Yeah. 
Um, I was very impressed, uh, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I, re- I really, and I can't wait to seek their cans now. Mm. Um, I think they're they're definitely in my top five favorite breweries now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah really, I would have really to agree. Uh, so I'm gonna wrap it up right now, Ryan, because you know what? People over in podcast land are like probably like, yo, man, we just want to listen to Chris. From- we just want to listen to Chris <laughs> from Idle hands. hands. So you know what, Chris, take it away. Peace. Peace. Erica, you kick it off. Ooh, shall we? All right. Welcome, everyone, again. Welcome. Here we are. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a busy week for the It's been a busy press. couple of weeks, like we've discussed, maybe. It's been, talk a, about that? <laughs> it's been phenomenal beer drinking. I can honestly say every place we've gone to. Probably the best two weeks of beer drinking that yes. we've had in a while. I'd agree with that. And that means we've saved one of the best for last. Yes. And by that description, I'm sure our listeners already know where we you are. already know. Ryan, where are we today? <laughs> we're at Idle Hands. Woo-hoo. In Malden, Massachusetts, right? We're in Malden, right? Yes, we are. Okay. we are. Yes, we are. Cool, cool. Um, thanks for the high praise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't know that beautiful voice right there, that's Chris from Idle Hands. So. Silky smooth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Chris, we start every interview by asking uh, your role here at Idle Hands and your first memory of beer. Uh, well, my role here at Isle Hands, uh, I am uh, the owner um, and kind of the fallback guy that needs to get anything done that falls on my shoulders. So, um, you know, I started out as being the only man uh, in this operation from, you know, making the beer to delivering the beer to selling the beer to work in the tap room. Um, you know, and we've grown from there. And at this point, I'm kind of not so much involved with the day-to-day like brewing operations, but certainly have oversight of all that stuff and you know, just running the business. Excellent. First memory. First memory of beer. Uh, it was probably sneaking a, uh, a sip of my dad's, I don't know if he was drinking Natural Light at the time, um, but I was probably like, you know, six, seven years old, as little boys do. You know, they want to try what their dad's trying and took a sip of something that was terrible <laughs> and uh, i'm like oh this is disgusting and uh went back to drinking my fruit punch <laughs> Good do, you, choice. do you remember a time where um it wasn't a domestic beer but it was like, your first craft yeah i mean i have to say my first craft is by hands down probably a sam adams lager mm. um in college probably at some point in nice. time nice yeah. yeah we used to have like i used to work uh, or i lived um a uh, off-campus house at UNH with uh, eight other guys. And we saw some pretty raging parties there. Um, as you do in UNH. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as you do yeah. at UNH. Yes, uh, yes. Go Joke House, if anybody remembers the Joke House at UNH. Uh, but uh, we used to basically have what we call the secret keg, because um, all of my roommates were into craft beer at the time, too. So we would literally have a secret keg of like Sam Adams Lager or yes. Catamount or something like That's that. Awesome. Rest in peace. Uh, yes. Dating myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that was always kind of like our, our little thing that we would break out, you know, and yeah. hide from everybody else. <laughs> so I'm sure at the time when you were six or seven and had your first taste of natural ice, uh, you didn't say to your parents, I, I want to open a brewery and, Sold. and live in Malden. <laughs> um, what, was, what was the original plan? Uh, you know, I went to college thinking that I would be a, originally an architect. Um, then I realized that architects aren't really about designing anything so much as they are chasing permits all the time. <laughs> so I got kind of talked out of that. Um, and then it was structural engineer. And then I took my first structures class. And I'm like, this is nothing about plugging numbers into equations. And I'm kind of bored of doing that. Um, then I fell back on um, 
uh, geotechnical engineering. Took a couple of those classes and a little bit more kind of uh, a mix of art and science, I guess. Um, and uh, graduated from UNH with a degree in civil engineering and went out into the work field thinking I was going to be a geotechnical engineer. And after about 13 months, realized I didn't want to do that anymore <laughs> either. <laughs> so, so I fell back on some computer skills that I had picked up in college and um, just started doing software development and kind of climbed the ranks through that for you know, a good 10 plus years uh, until I got tired of that and decided to open Idle Hands. And all during that time, were you homebrewing at all, or you just one day decided to? Yeah, do this? I started homebrewing uh, back when I was in college, when I was 21 um, or thereabouts. Uh, Uncle got me a kit for Christmas one year. Um, I had been homebrewing with him a couple times. He was a big homebrewer at the time, um, and really thought it was a cool, interesting thing. And it wasn't really so much about. I mean, obviously, the alcohol was kind of cool that you were making, but like <laughs> you know, the process of it was what really right, interested me. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, that, that kit kind of sat in the corner of, you know, the joke house for uh, a few months until one boring, you know, yeah. spring day. We're like, hey, yeah. let's make some beer. <laughs> so off we went and we made some terrible beer and it slowly <laughs> got better. And yep. So, I, you know, I was a home brewer for, I don't know, 18 years, I think, before nice. I opened Idle nice. Hands. So it was a while. So yeah, you well. didn't, did you cut your teeth anywhere else before Idle Hands? I know no. No, I just decided one day that I just wanted do to it. do my own thing, <laughs> and so I started off. And uh, and a lot of it came from um, I saw the rise of the of the nano brewery, um, and in particular, I saw the success that uh, main brewery brewing was having. Um, this is when they were still, you know, in their nano brewery phase, um, and we kind of stopped there on the way back from a ski vacation um, from Sugarloaf with my wife, and uh, lo and behold, they were actually somebody there, mm. um, and I think it was Dan. I can't remember which one it was, but. Uh, they were super really nice to us and like, hey, you know, why don't you come in and take a look around? So I think this is before people really started jumping down on them. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, and he spent a good 45 minutes with me just kind of talking about the business awesome. um, and how, how he was uh, seeing his success and, you know, what his fallbacks were and stuff like that. Um, and I, I kind of walked away from that going, wow, I can, I can do that. Mm. And so, you know, it's, it took about a year and a half, two years later, and we opened Idle Hands. Around what year was uh, the first thought of Idle Hands? Maybe not Idle Hands as a, as a name, but sure. your vision. Yeah. Sure. Um, I would say it was probably uh, late winter of 2010. Okay. Or early winter of 2010. Beginning of 2010. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because cool. we incorporated the business in June of 2010, and I think that kind of initial um, aha moment was that spring coming back from yeah. Sugarloaf. And what was, so obviously that Sugarloaf, but so what was the moment of, you know, this is the name, this is what we're doing situation? Yeah, like how, why, why we took the direction we took. Um, you, you know, I looked at the market at the time and I'm like, oh, Belgian beers are really catching on. Yeah. Um, I love Belgian beers. And so it was kind of a good, you know, fit. Um, particularly with the type of equipment that we were going to use at the time, uh, just wasn't suited to making loggers. Definitely yeah. wasn't really suited. Definitely wasn't suited to making loggers, and, de- <laughs> and it was not really suited to making much else other than a Belgian yeah. kind of rustic type of beer that doesn't yeah. require a lot of temperature control. Mm. Okay. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you had ever been to the old Everett location, but um, the tanks we were using originally were plastic fermenters. Yep. Nice. Um, you know, that we kept in a temperature-controlled room. And so the free rise of a fermentation, you know, was actually good for the beer at the time. Um, And then, you know, we would just kind of roll it into the next room when we needed to kind (laughs) of chill it down and crash it and stuff like that. So it was definitely a very 
homebrew-esque, but on a larger scale kind right. of model that we were oper- operating on. Yeah. Can we talk about the history? You guys have a, had a relationship with Enlightenment out of Lowell. Um, and those who don't know, Enlightenment was in the space where navigation first started. Yep. Um, you like acquired Enlightenment, or what was kind of the, the backstory? Um, it was more of a partnership, I would say. Uh, you know, Ben Howe, um, fabulous, incredible, awesome guy, amazing brewer, um, not so good on the business side of things. Um, and he knew that, you know, I think, you know, we were having a conversation one, one night when he was at Cambridge Brewing Company bartending and he's like just voicing his frustration with running the business. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, Ben, you make awesome beer. Like, you know, it got my mind thinking like, let's see if there's some kind of symbiotic kind of relationship, you know, as idle hands grew or continued to grow. Um, we were in the point of expanding at that point we were putting in our five barrel system so i knew that i was not start spending more time paying attention to the business itself and not so much time you know on the brew deck and so it was kind of like a hey let's just kind of partner up you know you come on as our head brewer we'll continue brewing the enlightenment you know brand along with the idle hand stuff um and it worked out really really well until you know that fateful day when we got evicted from our space right. but um I, I think if you know that didn't happen um we would have eventually you know we were in the process of looking for a new location anyways but we would have eventually you know had moved into a bigger facility and yeah. then probably still be here okay well i not probably but uh, more than likely he would have you know continued on with us yeah you guys you guys have a pretty interesting journey um so you were with so Ben Howe, right? Yep. Um, he's now in England, correct, or over in Europe? So, when when the writing was on the wall that Idle Hands Everett wasn't going to exist any longer, and it was going to take a while for us to establish a new location, he didn't want to go back to bartending or waitering or, or serving or whatever it was. Um, so he took the opportunity to uh, move to Denmark mm-hmm. um, and work at a, a farmhouse brewery. Um, in the Danish countryside. Um, oddly enough, it was an opportunity that I kind of pointed out to him. Um, I'm like, hey, you know, if you want to go and pursue this, you know, I, I, by all means, please do. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the next year, right. year and a half. So, um, you know, he, I think he spent maybe two years there, Okay, I think. Might have been three. I don't even remember. It's just like, it's a blur. <laughs> um, but now he's over, he's up in Washington, Um or Portland, I guess, right now. And I think he's starting a new uh, thing in Seattle, I believe. Very cool. Excellent. Uh, so that scary p- period of time, a year and a half, without were you guys still brewing, or what, what, what was what, what was that period of time? So like? you know, we we basically vacated um, from a brewing side uh, the location in Everett um, about May or June of 2015. Um, just about the same time we had signed the lease on this location here okay. in Malden. Um, but signing a lease doesn't get you brewing. So um, we knew that was going to be a long road ahead of us building out, um, finding financing and all that other um, fun stuff. Um, it was basically, you know, uh, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes to some degree. We really had to kind of go back to square one and kind of re-envision the entire brewery mm. and what we yeah. were going to be and do. And um during that time, um, you know, we were obviously friends with uh, the guys, the founders at Night Shift, because um, they were, you know, literally right next door right. to us, yeah. um, you know, in Everett, uh, before they opened their location on Centilli. 
Um, and uh, I think it was Mike that may have reached out to me, one of the mics, and he said, hey, listen, why don't you come, come and brew here, you know, until you get up back on your feet, you know, in Malden. Um, you know, locate a couple of, relocate a couple of your tanks here. You can use our brew house and, you know, do whatever you want to do. So it was great. It was, I mean, I, without Night Shift, Idle Hands, I don't think would exist right now. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we literally brewed there for, um, I think it was 10 months. 10 months, yep. maybe close to a year. Um, I think we finally moved the tanks out of there in May of 2016, um, right before we opened this place. Did that period of time kind of change your vision? Um, you originally Belgian style, um, and now you have Four Seam, which is a yeah, <laughs> yeah which is an awesome IPA, yes. as everyone knows. But um, <laughs> it, uh, I knew that with us opening a tap room, that we would need to change our portfolio a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of saw a little of this happening with Enlightenment Ales, and you know, as we were brewing some of those earlier New England style IPAs um, under that brand. People would come into the tap room and say, "Hey, is you know, do you have any Hoffman?" And I'd be like, "No, we just ran out." And they would literally turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> oh, I'm like, "But there's we eight have, other yeah. beers here <laughs> you can try for free." Yeah. But that didn't, you know, there was no interest in that. Yeah. And so um, I didn't want that to happen here when we opened up Malden. So we made a conscious effort to brew a bunch of other styles. And you know, we didn't really set out to say, "Hey, we need to make a New England IPA." Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of we kind of grew into that to some degree. We knew that it was clearly the writing was on the wall that that's where the market was heading, and that you know Belgian beers were kind of down going on the um, you know were definitely falling off in terms of popularity. Um, so you know we just we used our change up series. We actually invented the change up series so that we could make forcium. Cool. So um, we knew that we were going to have to spend some time iterating through things and trying to figure out how to make these type of beers because we've never really made them before. Mm. I mean, certainly we had some hints, um, you know, with the, the Enlightenment stuff, and we certainly yeah. used that as a dropping off point. But even when we were brewing the Enlightenment beers, we were really having problems keeping haze, you know, st- stability in the beer. So we knew we had some work we had to continue to do. So Yeah. So the change of series, you know, you have four seam. Clearly, there's like a baseball thing going on here. Yes. 34. Yes. What's, what's that? It's a little bit of a, an inside joke. Um, and um, Ben and uh, would probably remember this more, um, that we had a conversation a long, long time ago, back when he was our, our brewer. And it was like, you know, brewing IPAs, is, it's kind of like throwing a fastball. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy... You know, I, I mean, I don't mean relatively, that in the term relatively. Yeah, yeah. Don't, tell, don't tell all the hop heads that. <laughs> they don't want to know that. There's a lot of things you can hide in, in those type of beers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, all our hoppy beers are named after baseball pitchers. It's kind of like yeah. that inside joke, you know, yeah. so a four seam, two seam. Six seam obviously is not a baseball pitch, but <laughs> it just Go seemed it. to kind of <laughs> follow the logical yeah. progression yeah. that we were heading in. So, yeah. uh, Speaking of names, Idle Hands, why? Why are you guys settle hands? Um, you know, it's really tough to name beers and breweries. <laughs> yep. yes, you hear that a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we, my wife and I, Grace, we were just kind of batting around ideas and nothing really sounded Baseball cool. theme right there. <laughs> batting right, around. Batting around <laughs> idea. Um, and, you know, we, we know we didn't want to be like Everett Brewing Company or Boston Beer or something that was kind yep. of really geographically kind of anchored. Um, and that we wanted the brewery to kind of be more conceptual in its nature. Yeah. 
And uh, it wasn't until we were watching uh, the movie Base, uh, Basketball Diaries, um, and there's a line in there, Leonardo's saying um, about idle hands being the devil's playthings, or hmm. yeah. I can't remember the exact phrasing that he used, but we literally looked at each other and said, that is the perfect name for a brewery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we just, you know, it was all about, all right, well, we don't want to call it Idle Hands Brewery. Um, we want to Idle Hands Craft Ales, Artisan Ales, and so we come yeah. back, back and forth. I wish I called it Idle Hands Brewery now because it's just what everybody calls us anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. you know, I've kind of given up that fight at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Cool. Cool. Uh, the beer that you guys are, is it your flagship? I hate the term flagship, so... Um, is Forcim the beer that we're best known for? Is Forcim. Yeah. I don't like to use the term flagships either. Um, I think in this day and age that it's kind of nobody really has a flagship. Mm. Uh, although I feel like that might be kind of changing a little bit again. <coughs> but yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a beer that we brew the most and that we're we're known the most for. Talk about some of the other styles because you guys just don't brew awesome IPAs. What else are you guys brewing here? Uh, we like to brew a bunch of awesome other beers. Yeah. Um, we still have a little bit of Belgian influence to this, um, to the brewery. So you'll see like Blanche de Grasse, which is our Belgian wit that's coming up. Um, super refreshing beer for the summertime. Um, we do, you know, porters. We do stouts, um, you know, imperial stouts. So beer for everyone almost. It's really, we run the gamut now. Um, you know, my most passionate beers that I'm, you know, that I really, really enjoy drinking are our lagers. Um, and we started doing lager brewing back when we were in Everett, when we finally, you know, graduated to, to big boy equipment, as I like <laughs> to refer to it as. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that came from my love of spending, a, you know, a couple winters over in Europe and in, in Munich and uh, Bavaria in particular and just drinking those type of beers. Yeah. And I'm like... These things don't taste like this in the U.S. No, you know, right. and I'm just like, I, this is what I, I could drink this all day long, every day, and be a very happy person. Yeah. And um, you know, once we were able to to make those type of beers, it became my passion to um, to do that. And cool. so, I think uh, Brunhilde may have been our very first lager that mm-hmm. we had ever made, um, and uh, it's still one of my favorite beers that we make. Cool. That's awesome. So, how do you come up with? your next beer like do you just have a journal or <laughs> where, where does inspiration come from uh inspiration comes from all over the place yeah. it, it comes from food it comes from other people's beers it comes from uh flavor profiles of you know drinks or cocktails yeah. that i'm having or you know things like that um i wouldn't say there's like one particular way of me being inspired right um it's just it's really from from a bunch of different places cool you guys are going through a bit of a transition uh your previous brewer brett is now in nashville um you guys chattanooga chattanooga Chattanooga. sorry (laughs) chattanooga you're right sorry um and very amicable you know separation from you guys um and you have a new head brewer how are things gonna remain how do you keep consistent between brewer to brewer well um you know brett's you know he was with us for five years longest tenured employee at idle hands um and he was uh, he left, I think his last day was literally like three days after his fifth year anniversary or something yeah. silly like that. <laughs> um, it was sad. It was really sad. And I remember that conversation. I'll, I'll, I'll always remember that conversation. And I was like, he comes up to my office, closes the door. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this isn't going to go well no. either way. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I, I could tell that he was really struggling with telling me and probably with the decision in general. Um, 
but you know he ultimately needed to leave Boston because it just became too expensive for him to live here um, and he didn't see it possible for him to ever buy a house raise a family and get out of you know whatever debt that he had um, and and still be sane yeah um, so you know if he was leaving to go to another local brewery I, I would have been much more upset but you can't fault somebody for leaving because the environment not the, the, the work environment <laughs> but his you know his living environment right um, wasn't something that was sustainable so mm. um, you know I wished him well I still wish him well I hope he's doing great down there um, although he's only been down there I think for a week at this yeah. point but yeah, yeah. Um, Xander uh, who is you know succeeding Brett He's been under Brett for since we opened here in Malden. So um, he's brewed everything that we've ever brewed. He's incredibly passionate. Um, he has his own ideas, which are fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to really seeing what he, um, you know, adds, you know, to to our repertoire and, and to our brewing. So, so it's kind of like a continuation then you know from brett to xander xander yeah i mean it's as seamless as you possibly can get it at this point right you know um i mean he's been under brett for a long long time and you know if anybody has any worries about the type of beers that he can is capable mm-hmm. of brewing he brewed the last batch of 16 so and there wasn't any complaints yeah, about that right beer, yeah so, so he must know what he's doing he knows then. what he's doing <laughs> yeah. cool uh, one thing you guys in my opinion have great consistency i mean i remember having four seam for the first time and having again recently and being like it's just as good as i remembered it uh consistency is obviously a, a big contentious uh issue and i feel like craft beer sometimes where you have some breweries who don't have consistent product um is that was that always important to you guys i mean it's very hard to, to do i'm a, a very technical brewer um and so you know we brew a lot by the numbers here and i think that probably helps um maintaining consistency um, you know, with IPAs, you're, you're going to get variations with hops and stuff like that. And we don't really pay too much attention to that particular aspect of it. But we're always making sure that the pH is where we want it and that, um, you know, the, uh, the gravities are where they are, the pitching rates are where they are and so forth. So yeah. I think a lot of that kind of helps with the consistency. Yeah. Cool. And you've been in the industry for a little while now. Is there anything that really frustrates you or are you still in love with it <laughs> i'm in love with it yeah, yeah uh, but awesome. there's always little things that of you course. find annoying um you know i as much as i love four seam and what it's done for our brewery i am not the biggest fans of those type of beers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it's uh that kind of frustrates me a little bit more. yeah you know i'd rather rather see uh this kind of monoculture go away to some degree and some return to sanity of different styles and people appreciating just yeah. different styles yeah. um come back into vogue yeah yeah can agree could, with that we could not agree more <laughs> definitely um what's your opinion on on beer review websites such as untapped or beer advocate um and how do you take some filter all that yeah there's noise well a lot of it comes down to time now and i just don't have the time to pay much attention to that stuff um so i don't um i i will you know probably on a weekly basis go onto those websites and quickly scan them and see what you know is new um and you know i'll either like for untapped i'll just kind of run through the pages and quickly 
look at the beer and the rating and if there's words there and if there's you know if there's something that just seems kind of out of whack um then i'll pay a little bit more closer attention to it um you know untapped as much as it frustrates you as a as a brewer um it does serve a good purpose in terms of um making sure that your quality of your beer is kind of being um uh, is being maintained you know so if you see something that's abnormal and you're on tap ratings then maybe you have a situation you know with a particular keg or a particular yeah. uh, account or or you know that particular batch of beer so mm-hmm. um there's you know some good in untapped there's a lot of other things that are you know not so good but <laughs> so before we get too far into the future what you guys are doing next you guys are releasing a new beer yeah um we talk about that uh, and, I, and it's a little I would bit love to talk yeah. about that <laughs> yeah. perfect no uh we're super super excited about this beer that we're coming out with um it's actually dropping this week uh called slate it's our everyday ale cool um it is a beer that is 5.3 percent alcohol it's priced at a lower price point than anything else that we have we're contract brewing at dorchester and before everybody goes ah, contract brewing <laughs> um <laughs> Todd, who is, you know, used to be the head brewer at Harpoon, is the head brewer at Dorchester, and that guy knows his stuff. Um, You can swear, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, and basically we're down there on the brew platform when we're brewing the beer anyways. So, you know, we may not be the one that's putting the malt into the mill, um, but we're certainly the ones telling them what the strike temperatures are, you know, how to adjust things here and there through the process and stuff like that. So... Um, we are brewing it. We're just not using our fingers or our hands to necessarily, <laughs> you know, do the grunt work. Right, right. So you said an uh, everyday beer. Um, was that kind of a, it's time for summer, it's time to have a beer that, you know, we can have? Slate is designed to be year-round. I was about to say, I think I was reading into it. Any and, activities yeah, you yeah. want to do, whether that's, you know, apres ski to hiking to bowling to sitting on your lawn throwing cans <laughs> at your neighbors. Hmm. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, is it, this is um, one of your new core beers? Is that correct? You are, we'll yep. be brewing it year round. We're brewing this year round. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we're brewing it in volume, and we're putting it on every possible shelf we can in Massachusetts. Cool. We need so. more beers like that. Yes. Yeah. No, I just tried it actually before the interview, and it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. No, it was really good. It was very light, very easy drinking, like you said. Yep. Yeah. It's a beer that's not meant to get in the way of right. what you're trying to do yeah. or what you want to do. I yeah. Should say. No, definitely. Yeah. How did you guys? Um, determine the recipe was it something that was piloted here at the at the tap room yeah we took concepts from things so one of our change-up series was um more of a beefed up version of that beer where we we used to kind of figure out some of the hops that we wanted to use um we then brewed a test batch down at dorchester on our five barrel system and that was crosstown traffic um made some further refinements um to that um and now we have slate so um, I purposely didn't want to brew slate here at Idle Hands um, because I didn't want anybody to get preconceived notions of what that beer is. And, and um, what I mean by that is that I didn't want people to say, oh, it was better. It's better when it's brewed in <laughs> in house versus, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't even want to have that argument. <laughs> yep. I want to just put an end to it right, right now. Right, right. So See. slate is, you know, brewed at Dorchester and it well at least for the foreseeable future will always be brewed at dorchester whatever but, yeah. it's amazing yeah <laughs> no complaints yeah so anyways i mean i think this podcast comes out on friday but um if uh hope everybody came to our 
release party on Thursday. It's yeah. going to be a good time. <laughs> We're going to be talking about it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll hype it up. Hype it up yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, but um, it's going to be in the market soon after. Is it going? It's over? already on the shelf as of today. Oh, oh great. awesome. So it got picked up at Dorchester yesterday, um, and I'm assuming it got delivered to certain accounts today. <laughs> cool. So it's at the cool. better liquor stores across Massachusetts. Yeah. And, and where do you, I was about to say, yeah, where do you distribute to? Is it just in Massachusetts? Are you all over New England? We do uh, primarily all of Massachusetts. We do send a little bit of beer up to Vermont okay. here cool. and there cool. um, from time to time. Um, and that's kind of more of a... I mean, it's not anything that's going to make us rich by any means, um, but it's just a way of kind of, you know, giving um, giving a taste to that market. Right. What our beers yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Very name cool. Slate, does it have any background meaning or is it just an available name? Uh, we just not know our man, baseball wing lingle. That, you have <laughs> no idea. I, I've never spent so much time thinking about a name for a beer than we did with this one. <laughs> um, and there nice. were just iterations of everything. Yeah. And ultimately, we wanted it to come down to, a, you know, a single word, is easy to pronounce, and uh, just had kind of a cool little, you know, connotation to it. And, um, you know, actually, Brett was the one who named this beer. Oh, that's cool. awesome. So this is kind of like his, his farewell uh, to everybody. And we'll um, be here forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a swan song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's and then we started kind of developing a little bit of the marketing around it. You know, like you clear your slate and yep. stuff yep. like that. Yep. And so and the branding came along with that as well. So, yeah. Nice. Did you ever envision yourself? thinking about how you're marketing a beer when you were first home brewing or no is it just not even when i was first professional brewing i'm like <laughs> uh, brew it and they'll come and that's not the it case never does. Particularly <laughs> not anymore. i think you know there was a period of time that was true yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I don't think that's i mean this day and age there are so many good beers in the market there are so many excellent brewers um that are making you know top notch beers um, that you just you need to spend a lot more time thinking about how you reach your your customer mm-hmm. um, and what the brand represents to them and thinking more about you know the, the marketing side of the business you've sure. seen um, the evolution of craft beer from the early 90s um, and then the I'd say dark years and the <laughs> and then uh, this kind of resurgence what's next in your opinion for craft beer uh, I think if we haven't already, we're going to quickly reach a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would hate right now to be a regional brewer or even a national brewer that are, you know, dying from a thousand cuts of, you know, brewers, <laughs> that, are paper cuts, brewers right? that are smaller <laughs> than me. You yeah. know, people that are literally, you know, nano brewing or maybe slightly above that um, and servicing their local community and people that are into beer are just, you know, primarily buying a local. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a tough racket to be in for them. Um, I mean, luckily we're still kind of on the smaller side, so we're not super affected by that. Mm-hmm. But you know, even now, you know, there's a bunch of breweries that are opening up, um, and uh, you know, it's it's only a matter of time, particularly if you're really concentrating on the taproom model and making sure yeah. that you know you're, you know, you're you're driving a lot of your profit from that. I think eventually that slowly starts to erode to some degree, you know, mm-hmm. particularly as more and more tap rooms open around you. Yeah, there's 187 in Massachusetts right now. I think 600 in New England. Yeah. Uh, and more to come. Yeah, and more to come every, every like year. slated in Massachusetts yeah. to open this year. I yeah. don't know. How does, uh, in the same vein of that, how do you guys stay relevant? Um, Probably with your variety. Area. I mean, you're brewing so many different beers. Yeah, I, I think that helps. Um, I think being known for the quality of our mm, beers helps yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, one thing we won't do, we won't necessarily follow trends, uh, particularly if it's beers that I just don't like. No dessert stouts? Yeah, I don't think any pastry stouts. <laughs> pastry stouts? Thank God. <laughs> but more in particular, there's no milkshake IPAs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's no that lactose too. Yep. in our IPAs. Yep. <laughs> we do use lactose for our Kill Your Idol series, but... I like him. Um, <laughs> I just I, I find those beers disgusting. I really do. Yeah, I didn't see a glitter beer. Either. Yeah, 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 you heard it here, folks. Yeah, maybe on April first. He 1st. hates them. <laughs> um, I, I'm not ruling out a pastry stout yeah. at some point in time. Yeah. Um, I, I do think those beers have some merit to them, but I don't think they're uh, an everyday beer that you're going to drink a lot of. No, um, yeah. you know, when I first opened Idle Hands, my theory my theory about brewing is I want to make beer that. It's not about the first pint. It's about the second pint. I want somebody to have that beer and be like so blown away by it that they want to have a second pint of it. And that philosophy still holds true. Um, and I think when you're making those type of beers, you know, whether it's a, a milkshake IPA or, you know, a pastry stout or, you know, something that's got loads of other kind of flavors to it. It's hard to go for a second. They're interesting beers yeah. for about four ounces. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm done with this. Yeah. You know, that was cool, but I want to now drink something. Right. You beers know? best shared. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, those those are sharing beers, though. Yeah. That's right. a funny thing, right? Right. Um, but people are trying to But people aren't buying a second <laughs> pint of, you know, some 14% pastry stout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... So what's next for Idle Hands? You guys are growing, and uh, yeah, it you know, seem like it's, you're slowing down. We're continuing to to brew awesome beers. I think um, you know eventually we'll add a couple more tanks here to Malden. Cool. Um, that will allow us to hopefully put more four seam in the market, um, along with some loggers. And four seam is awesome. brewed here, right? Four seam is brewed here. <laughs> yes, it is. For those who are yes, curious. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Four seam is brewed here. Awesome. It always will be brewed. Well, I won't say always, but um, for the foreseeable yeah, future, yeah. it will be brewed here. Um, and it's all about, you know, just continuing to um, get our brand out there and get people to recognize um, who Idle Hands and is in the, in the beer that we make. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating sometimes when... You go to a festival and people are like, oh, I've never heard of you guys. Where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to like <laughs> pound oh, my head yeah. the, into the ground. I'm like, yeah. I've been here. We've been in the market for so you long. Know, eight years yeah. now, you mm-hmm. know, and you, you, you have either had your head buried in the sand or um, maybe you're just new to, to craft beer. I don't know. Right, but right. Those are very frustrating conversations to, to hear. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So... I guess that we—that's all the questions I kind of have. Yeah, I mean, where are you guys located, though? If we wanted to send somebody down we to this are located Malden. at 89 Commercial Street in Malden, Massachusetts, <laughs> just well a short three-minute walk from the Orange Line. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, truthfully, this brewery does have a beer for everyone. Definitely does, in my opinion. I think definitely. That, uh, you can come here on a Saturday with you know your friends who aren't the biggest beer fans, and they would enjoy a pint here. That's not. Yeah. I don't say that often about no. many, many breweries. No. So. Cool. No, um, it's, that, that's what we aim for. You yeah. know, to really, we want something to um, satisfy everybody. Yeah. So, so I have two questions. You Ooh, do. Oh, some yeah. guy Ryan, Ryan speaking up. Yeah, we're gonna do the fridge questions. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what's in your fridge right now? Uh, four pack of Slate <laughs> and a, about three cans of Edgeworth. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, nice. That's pretty much it. So just your own beer. Just my own beer. Just wow. Own beer. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. I see how it is. <laughs> That's fine. What is your guilty pleasure beer? A guilty pleasure beer. Yeah. Ah. 
I'm not really sure I have one. I mean... It's not a natural ice like you had? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, (laughs) You know, unlike a lot of kind of brewers, like, you know, they have their their kind of like, you know, Miller, you know, high life type of thing. Right, right. I just don't drink those beers. You know, I'll drink an Edgeworth if if I'm craving something that is, you know, a bit lighter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I got slate too, so. so The only reason I don't have much in my refrigerator in those terms is because I never really, I have a five-year-old and I just don't get out anymore. (laughs) So it's just much easier for me to grab a four-pack on my way home. Right. And that's what I end up drinking. Yeah. So, Chris, where can we find you guys on the interwebs, social media-wise? Uh, so, homepage is www.idlehandscraftales.com. Um, and our social media handles are at idlehandsbeer. So, that's both Instagram and Twitter. Very cool. And we have a awesome. Facebook page, too. And Erica, awesome. your favorite question. This is the question that I, that I do now. Yes. So, what are you most proud of? And that can be as vague as you want it to be. <laughs> Not just the brewery. Um... You know, as a business owner, I'm I'm proud of our staff, um, and I say that because in this day and age, you don't uh, staff is a very uh, familial kind of you know thing. You, they come and they go, and and so forth. But um, you know, since we've opened Malden, we've other than Brett, you know, thanks for breaking our record. You know, Brett, <laughs> I mean, we haven't had anybody that's really left here. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so, you know, we have a staff of, uh, you know, people that have been here for three plus years. Yeah. Well, awesome. um, a few of them have been longtime volunteers even before then. So Xander was a volunteer for us when we were in Everett. Um, so is Josh. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just a really tight knit family. Um, and it's just it's nice to kind of see that, you know, cohesiveness Definitely. That, that just lasts. Yeah. You know, makes it easier for you guys to go year to year. It does. Yeah, it does. It's awesome. Um, but it also makes I think a little bit difficult when you kind of bring somebody new in. You know, <laughs> True. Like oh my god, what True. am I getting myself into? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Chris, thanks again for doing this. This is my our, pleasure. We don't usually do interviews this late, so I appreciate you uh, taking some <laughs> accommodating. Time yeah. yeah. Well, I've, got, I've got to run up to Salem afterwards because we're having an industry night at Ledger. So. Oh, Ooh, awesome! I well, have fun. Ledger, so enjoy some food there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. Nice. And um, until next time, cheers. 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 Hey guys, thank you once again for listening to our episode. And if you've made it all the way to the end of the episode, we have a special surprise for you. Hell yeah. We're going to be talking about next week's episode. Ryan, what are we talking about next week? We're going to be talking about beer gardens. And more importantly, the history of beer gardens and some of the spots we're going to be checking out this summer. So we don't want to give too much information, but if you follow us on social media at BrewRoots, you can find out a little bit more. And you can even see our highly anticipated Brewers Read Their Bad Untapped Reviews, which Which, is hilarious. It's been getting so much good feedback, not only from our listeners, listeners, but from the breweries and the people who work there. They love it. Yeah, and this is no un- no knock against Untapped, but it's just a little bit of playful fun because it's always fun to make fun of yourself. Hell yeah. If anyone has any feedback or if you like what you heard, please rate us five stars because it helps us out more than you can even imagine. That iTunes, Spotify, Google Play crazy algorithm, we just want to be at the top of it and get our bases covered because we want to continue to bring the best interviews that we can possibly bring you. 100%. Until next week, Ryan, you got anything more to say? No. Well, cheers, then. Cheers. We're going to drink some more beer. <laughs>